Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Brought to you by MyPlates.com. Upgrade your license plate at MyPlates.com. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Well, we thought it was going to be a slow off season. Going to wonder what we were going to talk about, but I think that's all down the drain, Les Kaiser. You're right. I think that script's been written. Uh, got a whole lot of answers and blanks to fill in, and uh, have to call in some recruits to help us with some answers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're excited. Our first guest tonight's going to be uh, Lee Diffie from NBC that Sports guy. Networks. Yeah, he's going to he's going to join us and talk about. You know, we were thinking we'd have him on the show to talk to recap the season with, <laughs> without realizing. I will do that too. The bombshell that Nico Rosberg dropped and all of that, all the ramifications that that has. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about on the show tonight because not only did Nico Rosberg retire, but we got to figure out who's going to fill his seat. So that's a big part of the discussion. And, of course, there's been some other big news around the uh, racing world. Cadillac returns to endurance racing. Hot Man, have you seen Cadillac. that car? That, yep. That's, that's, I don't know. Right now, that may be the best-looking race car on the planet. It is very cool. And I think it's really cool that Cadillac's coming back onto the, the big stage, if you will. Uh, I'm glad to see the American makers staying involved and, and putting new money in it, to, quite be, yeah. to be quite honest about yeah. it. Yeah. And also, there's been some other news. Like we're going to talk about Jeff Gordon a little bit, and uh, but he retired. And yeah, <laughs> he's just like a lot of these these top level athletes when they retire, uh, they have a hard time with that retirement word. Uh, some news about news about Dodge and NASCAR. We'll talk about that, and uh, of course the Porsche team with Mark Weber retiring. There's been some uh, some news in the driver's seat Should department. Should be interesting. There. Should so, be interesting. So we've got lots to talk about. And uh, and of course, our favorite uh, voice from Germany, Inga Strecke, is going to join us. She wanted to, to jump in and talk about the Nico Rosberg retirement. We're going to have her on the show in a little bit, too. And, and uh, I believe we're going to get Mr. Jonathan Green. He's traveling the world. We were trying uh, different Skype calls and everything else earlier. We're going to try to get him on the show as well. He's telling us he's working, but it sounded like, you know, tropical drinks in the background. Oh, it, it, I saw the photos. In fact, I'm going to retweet one here in just a second. It was him on the beach. Literally with like blue water out for miles and maybe a little island or two. I, I don't know exactly where he is, but we're going to get him on the air as well. So, uh, but we're going to jump right in, guys, because we have Lee Diffie, uh, host of NBC Sports Network's Formula One broadcast. Lee Diffie, welcome back to Speed City. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Happy oh. holidays, buddy. Welcome back. 
Good to be back, and it's um, yeah, it's kind of uh, a strange feeling to be on the uh, the back end of the season already. So we didn't really have anything planned to talk about. Uh, <laughs> do you know anything that's gone on this week, buddy? <laughs> yeah. not, not much, is there? Not much. I mean, just the, How's the uh, weather? <laughs> the, the whole uh, whole F one world and maybe even motorsport world has been turned on its head. Yeah, Lee, we were we really were just going to invite you on this week to talk, to, you know, to recap the Formula One season, which we'll do. But we have to jump into the Nico Rosberg story because I don't think anybody knew this. Uh, maybe his wife, maybe, I don't know. What What was your take on that? Do you guys have any idea? No, nobody had any idea. I mean, all you, all you have to do is uh, look at, at um, Nikki Lauder's uh, comments, you know, this week, uh, even in the even in the last couple of days, you know, uh, I mean, I was reading something yesterday where, where he, he said um, he's still quite angry about it. He respects Nico for his decision, but he's still quite angry about it. And he said he's made us all look silly um, uh, as far as putting the team into a position of having to scramble to get ready and make a choice where, you know, he still had, he just renegotiated. Gerhard Berger was, was you know, part of his um, management team and they had just renegotiated a, a further two-year deal, um, you know, to mirror Lewis's because Lewis is the first year into his, you know, big $150 million contracts and Nico did a two-year extension to mirror Lewis's. So, yeah, I mean, it just, it, you guys included, uh, myself, David, Steve, Will, I mean, it took us, it just blew everybody away. You know, and, and it certainly is a surprise, but uh, Nicky Lauda, to me, that that's a name you don't want to upset, and he's he's been quite frank in his statements. But to me, you kind of burned bridges. If, if Nico, if you ever want to come back, you left us in a real hard spot. Who would want to sign up for that again? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think. Um, hey, you know what? Um, it's his life. It's his career. It's his family, and it's his choice. And, and all of us have to have to respect that. And, and in a way, um, we almost have to admire it. You know, the guy's chosen to to go out on top. And I know that there's a whole variety. Social media has given us, you know, all of the information we need about people's opinions and stances. And some saying it's, you know, it's it's kind of weak that he's not going to defend his championship, and that's not cool. And and then you've got the flip side saying, you know what, he's he's uh, controlling his own life. So. Um, I, I, I mean, for, for the experiences that I've had with him when I've interviewed him and been around him, you know, I don't see him being the type of guy who's going to come back or whatever. This is this is very definitive, and you know, he's got a world championship. He's he's been able to achieve what his dad did, um, and he's he's just going to continue to live a, a, a happy, comfortable life in Monaco with his with his wife and, and baby daughter. Yeah, well, I don't blame him a bit. I don't blame him a bit for retiring. I just felt like that was really uh, kind of inconsiderate to the Mercedes team. Well, you know, like, I mean, guys like Nicky Lauder and Toto Wolff and all that, they're, they're big guys and they'll deal with it. They, hmm. Every day they have to make decisions. But I kind of feel for the other people. I feel for his mechanics and his yeah. engineers and, you know, all those faces, all those nameless faces that we see, you know, around the um, around Parc Fermat and beneath the uh, podium, you know, race in, race out, that, you know, work their guts out and, and work overnight and travel the world and, you know, the, the long weekends and the all-nighters and they give everything for that guy and, and then um, that kind of happens. So, and think about the think about the roller coaster for those, for, for his side of the garage and his team where they have 
you know, had to had to deal with the, the Lewis side of the garage for the last couple of years and everything that went down there. Yeah. And then finally, they have their moment in the sun, but they've only been able to enjoy it for five days, and then and then he pulls the rug from under them. But it's a bizarre situation. I mean, you could be on either side of the either side of the line, but you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's Nico and his family's choice. You know, one of and I'll I'll say it was well presented. I'll just summarize. Somebody in one of the blogs put up that they felt like Nico knew he was lucky to win this championship, which uh, you, you got to admit, Lewis's failures uh, made this possible for Nico. Had things really been running consistently the way they were, Nico did, and uh, Lewis didn't have his early failures and, and clutch issues, if you will, that uh, he probably wouldn't have been in contention. But somebody said Nico. He thought that Nico knew this was a lucky shot. He's going to grab the trophy and run and walk out on top. I don't know. I could I could see some of that logic. What about you? Well, well yes, I, I absolutely I can see that and 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 even agree with it. Um, just for for my own edification and because he's he has become a friend, you know, over the years. Um, I was on the way home from work the other day uh, on Friday. In fact, you know, the day that Nico you know, became public, I rang Mario Andretti and I said, "Mario, this is not an interview. This is not for radio, TV, magazine, nothing. I'm just ringing you as your mate to ask you your opinion on this." And uh, and Mario Mario said, "Well, first of all, I'll take his ride." <laughs> <laughs> we need an, then, another uh, American on grid. <laughs> and then, uh, secondly, he said, "I've read." He said, I've read every word of Nico's statement and everything that I can see online. And he said, to be honestly, he said, I feel, I, part of me feels sorry for the guy. He said, because he must have been so miserable and having such a miserable time and it be so unhappy and so tense and such, a, such an unpleasant environment for him to be a world champion and walk away from the best ride in Formula One. Yeah, and wow. I thought that's a that's a that's a pretty good way to look at it. Yeah, that's that is pretty interesting. And you know, I on one hand, it, you could kind of see that with Nico Rosberg. I don't I don't know that I know that sounds weird, but you know, that everybody always used to say, everybody always says that that uh, Hamilton's faster and that and you could see Nico, you could, he just seemed more stressed than 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 he should. And I guess I I'm just wasn't terribly surprised. But, well, Lee, obviously the next question, the next big question is, who the heck is going to fill that seat? Look, I am, and again, this is, this is guesswork. There's absolutely no fact based on this. I just don't see Mercedes pulling out the checkbook and trying to, trying to lure, you know, or trying to buy a big name driver out of their existing contract. Red, there's not a chance in hell Red Bull are going to let Verstappen go, no matter what the check is. Um, Ferrari aren't going to let Vettel go. I doubt McLaren would let Alonso go. Red Bull are definitely not going to let Daniel Ricciardo go. So um, I just, this is just my gut feel. Like I said, it's not based on any fact. It's just my own opinion. I just see them taking the logical and easy road where you've got a German in Pascal Verlein who's already part of the Mercedes 
junior program. Verline uh, delivered Mercedes a DTM title a couple of years ago. Uh, he's, a, he's the guy who has been a part of the AMG, uh, the Mercedes AMG kind of family, so to speak, where he tested the car at Barcelona uh, last year when Lewis Hamilton was sick. You know, he's been in that car. He's been in the, you know, very, you know, like you got to be in that very limited and select club to drive a Silver Arrows, and and Verline's already done that, and. Um, so I just see them. I just see them taking that 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 kind of. I don't want to call it easy, but I, I see them taking that convenient road. I'd, I'd say that's a, a pretty good call, actually. You know, the one name you didn't mention that uh, came to mind was Ricardo, and my thoughts are, well, it's probably you know I think he's got two more years on his contract, if I recall correctly, but uh, he's going to be one of those big salaries, I think, as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, to to. To me, and I'm not saying this just because I'm Australian and he's an Aussie. Yeah. Um, what, what he's done, what he's done in that Red Bull for two of the three years. You got to remember, we're, we're living in the Mercedes dominance era, right? Um, of the last three years since we've been in the turbo hybrid era, and two of those three years, he's finished third. He's been the best car, best driver, other than a Mercedes or a Mercedes driver, and I think that's a phenomenal achievement. And I mean, put him in a silver arrows. Imagine what he could do in that thing. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely one day he's got a big. He's got a big. I mean, he's already being paid well, but I think he's got a big payday coming uh, down the road. I I can see him going to Ferrari. I just think it'd be a natural fit. Um, you know, his Italian heritage, and you know, just the. Yeah, I could see him there, but I don't see him there when Vettel's there. I don't think Vettel yeah. would allow him to be. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, is he pushing Vettel over to uh, Mercedes now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why they call this the silly part. Well, hey, yeah. Lee, have you got just a minute? We're gonna, can we squeeze in a two-minute break here? Sure, go for it. Yeah. And, and when we come back, Lee, uh, Jonathan Green is going to join us from Skype. He, I think he's on some island in Fiji or something. So. Oh, <laughs> sounds about Greeny style. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas. We'll be back with Lee Diffrey after this break. The 57 Chevy, a Rembrandt painting, the little black dress. When you're a classic, you never go out of style. And now, MyPlates.com proudly announces the return of the classic black Texas license plate for the first time since 1968, featuring a cooler, timeless look and a bolder style. Visit MyPlates.com today to order this legendary classic black Texas license plate for your car or truck. Classic black is back at MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. 
As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at MotoAustin.com. When news happens, it happens here. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. It's John Massengill, Les Kaiser. And on the phone, we have Lee Diffie, and we also have Mr. Jonathan Green Skyping in from across the, the globe. <laughs> Mr. Green, where are you? Oh, he may have dropped. <laughs> well, yeah, he's ordering we, another drink. <laughs> we may have to get him back, but but uh, but let's get back with Lee Diffie. Lee, we were um, when we left, we were talking about the possibility of of what driver and and who could possibly fill the Mercedes seat. But I, I mean, I know we could speculate that till we're all blue in the face. I want to move on a little bit and just talk about the rest of the season. What you know, besides this big Rosberg bomb, what's been uh, what's been the, the highlight for you for this Formula One season? Oh, I think Max Verstappen. Just incredible, you know. Uh, it seems only like yesterday that you know the whole world was saying 17's too young for somebody to come into Formula One, and then we saw him slot into Toro Rosso very comfortably and get fourth a couple of times and just look right at home. And then, yeah, that Spanish Grand Prix. I mean, what an unbelievable race! What an <laughs> unforgettable race just for the Mercedes guys coming together, and then and then um, and then Max going on to win his first Grand Prix to become the youngest ever and hold off. But Raikkonen for those last 15 or 20 laps or whatever it was, the way that he did, such mature style and yeah, just just crazy. I mean, yeah. I, mean I think you know, I, I was just saying to a friend the other day that we have to keep reminding ourselves of of what how fortunate we are to be witnessing what we have. We've just witnessed the first world champion to retire as a world champion, you know, since uh, since Prost in the early 1990s. Um, you know, obviously Mantle walking away from F1, you know, uh, and coming over here to do kart, and then and then Prost, and then you've got now Nico doing this. We witnessed the the youngest ever point scorer, podium getter, and winner in Verstappen. Um, you know, just different events. You know, Azerbaijan. God, we never yeah. thought we would see a you know Grand Prix in Azerbaijan, which it turned out to be you know pretty spectacular um, venue. Um, we're seeing you know uh, the numbers that guys like Alain Prost and Ayrton Senna put up being surpassed. Um, what what Hamilton and Vettel uh, are doing right now, as far as their poles and wins, and obviously no wins for Vettel this year. But you know, just it's a very special time at the moment. And I know and I hear very loud and clear, you know, people and and our viewers and your listeners saying. Oh, we just need other winners other than Mercedes, you know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And I get that, and I agree with it. And but we also have to understand and appreciate what happens in Formula One, how how it goes in cycles. But I just think right now, it's a pretty um, it's a pretty special time because the numbers that Lewis Hamilton and Vettel are putting up there, you know, going beyond Senna and, and Prost, those numbers are going to be around for you know 
maybe beyond our beyond our lifetimes. So uh, certainly, yeah. certainly multiple decades. Um, so I'm, 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 you know, I've, I've enjoyed the season. Um, I think there's been a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm very excited about the new regs for next year, and and I'm crossing my fingers and very excited, and ho- hopefully that that'll, you know, bring some change again. And um, who know, who knows what we're going to see next year. Yeah, you stole my question. Is how do we think those new regulations? You know, I, 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 we all know that Mercedes has been nominating, and you hear that over and over. But this happens. We know this happens, and it, it just, you know, it was Red Bull before, and you know, it's Ferrari before, and all these different times. But what do you think? The you think the regulations are going to possibly change that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you can you can just say that you could you can only hope just just for for variety's sake. Um, I think you know from what we've you know from what we've um, been led to believe already. I think it certainly opens up the door for Adrian Newey and and Red Bull. Um, you know, he, Adrian thrives whenever there's some creativity allowed in design and, and change, particularly. Um, so, I mean, I'm you know, even though even though the uh, the season only finished last weekend, um, I'm, I'm I'm very excited to to get to pre-season testing in Barcelona next February and really get a look at the new cars and 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 to see to see what it brings. Um, so it'll be an interesting off season, I think, just to to hear what what people say, whether they be tight lipped or whether they be quite optimistically open and forward. And uh, but you know, at the end of the day, we we never really know, do we? Until uh, yeah. until the championship <laughs> arrives in Melbourne in March. You know, one of the things, and Mercedes is the one that split the turbo, moving the compressor away from the impeller. In that, and I really. I'm surprised that we haven't heard of somebody else doing it. It totally changed the engineering behind it. You know, it's one of those aha moments in engineering that why didn't we think of this before instead of adding on intercoolers and cooled vapors, everything. And so uh, that's one technology I expect to get picked up. In fact, I'd expect that to come to the streets. Yeah, that's true. I um, I, am... Again, I don't have the, any inside scoop on this from, from the factory, but I am really expecting uh, McLaren Honda to, to come up with, particularly Honda, to come up with something special next year. I believe, um, you know, from, from uh, various people that they were, they being Honda, were honestly rushed into this project. Uh, and I think when they ran their own Formula One team, it was it was not terrific. We all know that, and the results weren't what they should have been. But at, just as a as a supplier, as a power unit supplier, uh, and whether you're talking two wheels or four, this 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 you know certainly last year wasn't, and this is not Honda quality. This is not Honda pedigree or Honda you know um, level. And I. Don't just see them sitting around with their, you know, sitting on their hands. I, I think, and it excites me because, you know, Alonso finished tenth in the championship, and you know he had eight. Yeah. He finished uh, in, as far as qualifying. You know, he had eight times he was in Q3 this year versus none last year, and I just think possibly even we're guilty, you know, on on air, uh, David, Steve, myself and Will, maybe we didn't talk about that enough. You know, we didn't talk about Alonso. Just, he was, to me, he was always the, you know, of course he's not going to challenge for wins, but, you know, finishing sixth and fifth and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, where they came from last year, at the beginning of last season, 
they didn't they, they, they didn't complete more than six consecutive laps in testing. And then so within the space of, you know, a year and a half or, you know, two full seasons, they're finishing tenth in the points and and, and making the top ten in qualifying, you know, more than a third of the season, almost half the season. They've come a long way. So I think uh, I think they're going to continue those huge strides next year as well. So, And then that's going to be great. That's going to be awesome to have McLaren back in the mix. Well, I know uh, I have to ask this question. I, I asked it of Jonathan Green last week, and he kind of surprised me with this answer. But uh, what do you think? So Haas F1. So yep. they, they had an amazing season, right? You talk about finishing, what was it, sixth or seventh early in the season, uh, eighth in points, just blew all of our expectations completely out of the water. I asked Jonathan, I said, what do you think? Do you think they're going to to make a similar leap next year? And, you know, I don't know what that means. What do you think, Lee? Do you think they're going to uh, do better, a lot better, or worse? Well, now it gets hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, now it gets hard because when you're in your first season, everyone's a lot more forgiving. Uh, and you get, a, you, get a, you know, a few leave passes or, or pe- people, people are just generally more flexible. But now that you've been around for a whole season and 21 Grand Prix, now people, A, expect more, and B, you can't use the, oh, well, we're a rookie team excuse anymore. Um, they've learned a lot. Gunther Steiner's done a tremendous job with, with you know, there's been, there were significant personnel changes um, even very early on in the season, so there, there was a lot of growing pains. But I think they did a phenomenal job. But now it gets hard because of the law of diminishing returns. And I think um, if they don't score points early on, you know, maybe in the opening three races, then the tension's really going to rise. But I don't see why they can't have an even better season because it was there were some silly kind of procedural things and um, just, just kind of, you know, not polished uh, things that bit them. There were reliability issues. They had massive brake problems. Yeah. I think once they get all those things stitched together and get over those, I don't see why they can't have a better season. You know, um, Grosjean's, Grosjean's in the groove. He know, knows where his position is in the team. I, I, I did think that, that Gutierrez was quite a destabilizing factor. I mean, even right from the very beginning. So mm. I'm not surprised that they didn't renew his contract one bit. Um, and I think Kevin Magnuson will be good, good for the team. I think Kevin Magnuson will be really good for Grosjean because he, um, you know, as we saw when he was at McLaren, you know, Kevin's Kevin's a gutsy driver. He's a skillful and talented driver, and he's not afraid to rough it up and mix it up. And um, and and you know, he's he's got two full seasons under his belt now, two full seasons in three years, and so therefore he's he knows his way around the block. And yeah, I don't I don't see. Um, Maybe maybe I'm being foolishly optimistic, but I don't see why they can't have a better season. He, just to finish that point, they they finished. And speaking of points, they finished, and they being Romain Grosjean in particular, he finished 11th, so one position out of the points, eight times this year. <laughs> I know. Oh, we called it bridesmaid. Agonized. <laughs> yeah, that's that is horrible. Yeah, but. Well, I, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that next year might be better. Jonathan was as bold as to say they might end up uh, fourth or fifth, and I was like, I, I love your enthusiasm for our yeah, for our boys here in the states, Mr. Green. But I um, I don't know if, if I can uh, go with you on that. But well, Lee, uh, we've only got one more time for one more question. I want to ask you about Circuit of the Americas. Uh, how about that for a comeback year? It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And and um, look, I. Uh 
I can't even remember who it was with. Um, I did I did an, an interview uh, with somebody for a magazine or a newspaper, and and I have some really strong uh, thoughts and personal feelings uh, about Circuit of the Americas because there's all these other stories and all these other theories about oh uh, you know Formula One's going to be in Las Vegas or Formula One's going to be on the East Coast or Formula One's going to be on the West Coast in San Francisco etc etc. Well. I, you know, Jonathan has lived it and breathed it. You guys have, and I have, with MotoGP, and and for a long time I worked in, in motorcycles, as did Jonathan as well. And we have seen it. The proof is in the pudding right here in the United States when we had two MotoGP races. It dilutes the product. It dilutes the crowd. It dilutes the impact because people only have budget to go to one big event. So they say, well, I went to Indy this year. I'm not going to go to Indy. I'm going to go to Laguna Seca. Or they say, well, I went to Indy last year, so I'm only going to go to Coda this year. Or I went to Coda this year. I'm not going to go. And so now that there's only one MotoGP event, I think that's better. And I firmly believe, and, and I know that this, is, this can upset people and other people will, will have very different views, I think there only should be one US Formula One Grand Prix. Hmm. Um, and, and my argument was there's only one British Grand Prix, there's only one Italian Grand Prix, there's only, well, I was about to say German, but German's not on the calendar <laughs> next year. And, and people have argued with me and said, yeah, but you're talking about Europe versus America. Okay, I get that. And I understand the population difference, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, if you have that one focal point at Circuit of the Americas, which is a world-class facility and a world-class track, and time and again now, five years in a row, it's given us a great race, and we've seen world champion crown there. And I mean, I just think it's terrific. And, and what happened this year, uh, two months ago, was exactly the boost that it needed. Now, whether that was Taylor Swift or the great weather or whatever it was, I don't care. It was a superb weekend. I had a blast. <laughs> Lots of people had a blast. Tens of thousands turned up, and it was good for Formula One in America. And I want to be, you know, in, in my lifetime, I want to see a track, and I hope it's Circuit of the Americas, it, it equal what Watkins Glen did for Formula One in America, 20 consecutive years. So yeah. we're a quarter of the way there with, with Coda. So I'm right there with you. Bring it, bring it on. Let's keep <laughs> it going. Stop trying to stop trying to build a better mousetrap. We've got a bloody great mousetrap in Coda. We don't need another one. We've got it. It's there. The money's been invested. Yes, there has been financial challenges for, for Bobby and everybody involved. But let's keep going down there. Let's keep keep going because. You know, and, and the drivers and the teams and everybody loves going there. They're in love with Austin. They're in love with the track, the facilities, the people. Why are we Why are we bashing ourselves over the head trying to find another location? We don't need it. I agree. There is one thing that I would say. So next time you have Chase Carey, yeah, <laughs> holding on to his ear, I want you to propose the idea of having the Canadian race followed by the Mexican race <laughs> yeah. in the early season, and then later season, let's do. USGP and Brazil. How about that? Because I've got plenty of folks that would go to Mexico if it wasn't the week after the U.S. Hmm. I think it's ter- I think it's terrific for the teams as far as logistics and cost and convenience. But I don't think certainly having Mexico the week after Cota doesn't help. Does yeah. not help at all. Um, I think it maybe it's it's it's. It's good on. It's good for a number of reasons, and it makes absolute sense. 
and I see that and I understand that from Formula One management's perspective. But yeah, I, I, I get you. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> well, Lee Diffie, thank you so much for your insights on Formula One. Uh, you guys did a fantastic job as usual. You and the boys there, I, we love it, and uh, we appreciate everything you guys do. And and uh, we will talk to you soon. Well, guys, to, to thank you again for having me on. Happy holidays um, to you and your listeners and, and to all of your listeners. Thank you, everybody, um, for those of you who watch week in, week out. NBC Sports, NBCSN has just delivered the, the best season of Formula One on cable television, and we're really excited about that as far as our ratings numbers. Awesome. Um, it shows that there is a, a legitimate, passionate, enthusiastic audience here in the United States for Formula One, and all of us, from our producers to, to, the, to us who you see on air, everybody's very grateful and appreciative of that. So um, happy holidays, and thanks so much. Oh, um, absolutely, buddy. Th- thanks a lot, Lee. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Sure. All right. Well, we uh, we got to jump right into a break. But you don't get that kind of input on the air. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> on TV. All right. Well, you listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after a quick break. I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Want to drive your car at speed on Circuit of the Americas? Edge Addicts is your source for more Coda events and more Coda track time. Whether you're looking to host your own event or just be a part of the action, Edge Addicts can get you in the driver's seat and racing like a pro. All levels of drivers and all types of cars are welcome, with instructors available for first-time and novice drivers. Life is short, and adventure is around every corner. So plan your high-adrenaline experience with Edge Addicts at edgeaddicts.com. Edge Addicts, it's better when you're driving. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Do you have a long shopping list this holiday season? Save a trip to the mall, save some gas, and give a gift that gives back. Make a contribution to your friend's favorite charity. Create coupons that you can exchange for your time. Or decide to do something different, skip the fancy wrapped present, and get together with your friends to donate some time to a local environmental group. You'll find more gift ideas at OneThingUS.com. Find your one thing. Thanks for making the right choice. I don't know where I would get the truth if it weren't for you. Talk 13 
Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. So we, uh, we're we going to give it a try with Mr. Green. He's, uh, I, you know, I think he's probably sitting on the beach trying to use the Wi-Fi at the little grass hut there. Mr. Green, how are you today? Yep. Hey, how, how are you? <laughs> we had him during the break, and, and of course it crashed. Well, you know, service isn't so good in Fiji. <laughs> but, uh, well, we wanted to get Jonathan's take on all this, because with Rossberg retiring... I wanted to get, you know, I know that Jonathan's been around Formula One as long as Lee Diffie has. So I wanted to, I wanted to get his take and see what he thought about Rosberg. But and really, I want to see who he thinks is going to fill a seat. Yeah. You know, that that's a good call. You know, it would certainly be cool if Max got pulled up. You know, I don't know if Max will go there well with Lewis. Those are really strong personalities uh, in a different way. You know, it's Excellent funny. talent, though. Yeah, and I I think Lee's right. I think they're going to, you know, Red Bull and everybody else are going to keep writing checks to keep everybody where they are. Yep. But, uh, you know, you brought up something that I hadn't, I had never considered mm-hmm. Ricardo. I, had, I don't know what, the immediate name that came to my mind when I heard Rosberg was out, I thought, Fernando Alonso. But... Uh, I got the feeling, like, when you were talking about the turbo technology from Mercedes, you notice how Lee jumped right in and started talking about Honda? And, uh, you know, Honda is, is too big to, to languish where they are, and right. who knows what they have up their sleeve. That's going to be fun to... Uh, I think there's a, a lot of things, you know, makes just to see this creativity come up again. You know, certainly Fernando would be great, but, uh, you know, we, we might ought to keep an eye out for Fernando Alonso and a couple other places, uh, this year, I was watching a couple of the MotoGP races, as, as I do, Man. and uh, he's been hanging out with Mark Marquez, but he actually got on a bike and went out and played cat and mouse with Marquez on one of the MotoGP bikes. Apparently, was really good at it, huh. and so, uh, you know, those guys will do it. I'm, I'm sure uh, he couldn't do that during the race season. Mr. Green, does that do I hear rustling on the beach back there? Fiji, Fiji calling. Fiji calling. Come in, Fiji. Yes. All right, we got you. You sound like you're on a 1950s AM radio, but we got you. It's Cuba. Yeah, how are you, boys? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I've been listening to the show. Awesome stuff. And I'm always in agreement with Lee. He's spot on. Um, but yes, news has traveled of Rosberg's retirement as far as here, the Fiji Islands. <laughs> well, so what do you think, man? What do you think is uh, who's going to fill his seat? That's the burning question. Uh, you know what? I, like you, have gone through the gamut, and I would love to see Alonso, to be honest, because he is the most talented, in my mind, driver on the Formula One grid, and he deserves, therefore, the best car. But Honda will eventually, I agree with Lee, supply him with that if he's able to be patient enough. And likewise, I think Ferrari will hold on and Vettel will get a car that he deserves as well. But those would be my two picks. Um, but I think I think conservativeness says that they will go with Pascal Wehrlein. Yeah, that's what everybody's saying now. And it's the, it's the logical conservative. But, man, this would be fun just to hear a, another bomb drop if it were Alonzo or something. Can you imagine the, the social <laughs> oh, media? great memes. You know, Alonzo <laughs> sleeping the chair outside. Oh, the memes this week were, were so awesome. Uh, some of the Max, fav- yeah. Some- Max had a great one. Missed a phone call on his cell phone screen from Toto Wolf. Toto Wolf, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Alan McNish's wife tweeted out about... Uh, about Rosberg retiring at 31. She goes, if Alan had retired at 31, one of us would have been dead by now or something like that. 
<laughs> They've been great. But um, well, Jonathan, what was your? You know, you heard just like all the rest of it. What was your immediate reaction when you heard this? Because I thought when I first heard it, I thought it was a joke. I really did. I didn't think this was true. No, I was actually not surprised, honestly, because I think that Rosberg. I've been reading Damon Hill's book while I've been away, and I think Rosberg is a similar figure to Damon Hill in that they're the son of a world champion, and the monkey is on the back from the day you're born. And until you achieve that same achievement, I think uh, you're never really going to walk forward. And I think that is truly the truth behind all of this, is that Rosberg wanted to prove to himself that he was good enough. Huh. Yeah, I, I know what you Grab mean. Grab it and run. Because as soon as we, you know, like I was saying to Lee, you you can see the stress, you know, you can almost see that Hamilton thrives on it, right? It's like it's like he was kind of relaxed. Right. and, and, and uh, But with Rosberg, I don't know, he, he just is one of those kind that just really seems to bother him. So, um, uh, so I know what you mean by when you say you're not surprised. But, um, well, well I, and here's the thing. If you look at the history of, of Prost and Senna, Senna was born to drive. He said it on many occasions. It's part of him. It's his life. That's what he was all about. And it's the same is true for Hamilton. He lives and breathes it. And when he gives up, he, he'll be done too. But, but to be honest, it is his whole life. Whereas Rosberg has never said that. He loves racing. But he's a family man, and he, you know he's a different kind of guy. And you can tell that, that this was a job that he wanted to be the best at. But it's not he's not driven the same way that Senna was driven and that Schumacher was driven to do this uh, and be the best constantly on a yearly and weekly basis. Yeah, you know, speaking of Prost and Senna, there was, uh, going back before this last race, there were online discussions about would they t- take each other out in turn one? Hmm. Because if Rosberg had been taken out, crashed out of turn one, and Hamilton went on to win, Hamilton's a champion. And so, you know, there was suspicion if that was the possibility. Do you think that was really why Rosberg held back and didn't push for leading in turn one? That's a very good question. A very good question. But yes, I do. And I also think that Rosberg knows the measure of the opponent he was up against. And he knew damn well that Hamilton would take him out and do whatever it took to be world champion again, regardless of their friendship, their rivalry and team orders, as we saw all for ourselves. And I think that therein lies the difference. And I do think on another point. So, yes, to answer your question, I do think he was playing it very smartly um, to, to, to finish second and make sure that he was in the position to win the World Championship because Hamilton would have done his utmost. Uh, and Hamilton also knew what the team were going to do because they came on and gave him team orders and he knew all along. And I think what you are also seeing are the machinations of how it works really in a Formula One team where there are a lot of alpha males and females all fighting for the same thing, whether it's the drivers or the team. And I think that Rosberg doesn't want to be part of that, but knew how to play the game. And the fact that he managed to retire without letting anyone know, even sign the extension to his contract, shows you that he's learned the game brilliantly, played it brilliantly, and walked away as king. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, Jonathan, I want to get your opinion on some other things outside of Formula One. I mean, this is going to be really fun uh, off-season to watch what happens. But uh, but what about some – there's been some really big news. Uh, like, for one, have you seen the Cadillac prototype car for that they are going to race next year? Uh, that thing is gorgeous. 
most I've been watching your tweets there. Wow, it's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? It's a space age machine. It looks so far removed from from your dad's old fifties Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a gorgeous race car, but obviously, more importantly, it's. Uh, it's uh, it's it's fantastic to have Cadillac back in endurance racing, and you know there's what Mazda has released theirs as well, and obviously a very different approach. Cadillac with the I think it's a 6.2 liter V8. Sounds familiar, right? Sounds like the the uh, a CTSV motor without the supercharger, of course. But um, but it's going to be a uh, it's going to be fantastic to have Cadillac in endurance racing. And uh, and what about the other news? What about Jeff Gordon? Jeff Gordon, did you see that, Jonathan? Where Jeff Gordon's going to be racing in uh, sports cars at Daytona in the Corvette, in the Daytona prototype Corvette? Well, you know, uh, that's great news. And also, I mean, Jeff, you know, we talk about people who retire. Jeff is actually more in the in the Hamilton stroke uh, Schumacher mob, which is, you know, he's never going to stop racing. And I don't mean even if he's racing his kids around the, the yard, He, you know, he's one of those guys and so yeah to keep him involved in racing somehow uh, and for him to k- scratch that itch even if it's just once a year he'll be competitive he'll be fast and Corvette are very lucky to have him yeah all right I got another story for you what about Dodge returning to NASCAR uh, now that story is so new I'm not sure you've heard that but there's multiple reports saying that uh, that Dodge is talking about coming back into NASCAR how cool would that be you know what I think it would be cool and i'll tell you why it's not just cool uh, for fans but it's also a great business decision for nascar because the problem for nascar now is that they've got to expand their franchise and at the moment it's a two-horse race and it's getting samey and we need new names we need faster young kids and we need more manufacturers you know you know we've just seen it played out in formula one mercedes are dominating and people are getting bored of that they want to see honda come back and i think the same is true of the nascar fan they want to see different cars and they want to see different competition and they want to see, you know, effectively people pumping money in to try and beat their opponents. And that's exactly what will happen if Dodge returns. You know, the, with the success of the Dodge Hellcat, you know, that thing is just, they've sold everyone they could build. They couldn't build them fast enough. A wild, crazy, tire-burning, 707-horsepower success of a muscle car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you get people who talk about, it, no matter what car it is, what about when, I think it was Car and Driver, compared the, the Hellcat to the Tesla. You talk about complete opposite ends of the spectrum, but... As car guys, we loved that comparison. You know, yeah, the Tesla was faster from zero to 60, but by the end of the quarter mile, the Hellcat was racing by it at 15 miles an hour faster. So this would be fantastic for NASCAR. I think it'd be good for Dodge, too. And maybe you could use that Hellcat badge somehow on a NASCAR car. I don't know. (laughs) Well, Jonathan, we got to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have a guest on for for our gifts for gearheads. I I think I'm going to just send you back to the drink. I got you a new place for motorcycles, buddy. (laughs) Go back. Back to the grass hut, get you another drink, and take a listen to our next guest because he's going to talk about some really cool stuff that we're giving away for gifts for gearheads. Vinaka, I see you next week, my friends. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, have a good time, buddy. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take that break. When we come back, we are. We're going to talk about our Gifts for Gearheads contest again this year. Man, it's awesome. If you're looking for Christmas gifts for gearheads, stay tuned for the next segment because we got some awesome prizes that we're going to give away. Listen to Speed City, live from Austin, back after a quick break. Welcome to Name Your Life. 
license plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and the new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. The racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. My name is Christina Nelson, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. We are fired up about our next guest because, as you know, we talk all the time about... answer to a lot of problems. (laughs) You know what? I know what you're thinking, too. So we all have to deal with problems. Uh, We we talk about being able to go over to Ducati Austin or other places and and drool on the Diavels and the Scramblers and uh, the uh, opportunity to take them out on the test drive. But this next guest, Les, you got to introduce him because they've got a a way to solve this problem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, my buddy Ryan from Lone Star Moto Rentals is going to join us. And uh, this is a a much cooler concept than I say I've ever seen as far as just renting motorcycles. And so, uh, hey, Ryan, welcome to Speed City. Hey, what's up, Les? Uh, Doing great, buddy. Hey, now this is cool because this is an answer that I needed when I, you know, got off of two wheels and I'm paying for all the different youth sports team activities going on. I, I couldn't swing a bike, but, you know, there were weekends I would have really could use the two wheel therapy to get away. And uh, here you've got the answer for me. Yeah, yeah, sure do, man. We, we've got a, a great selection of, uh, you know, BMWs and Ducatis because, uh, you know, we, we like those a lot. And we're trying to do something a little bit different uh, here, here at Lone Star Motor Rules. Um, trying to give you a, a little bit of a solution to your problem. <laughs> but, you know, folks, what's so cool is you can go by. You can rent anywhere, anywhere from, you know, just a day to a couple of weeks. Uh, Ryan was telling me about some guys that decided, hey, we're going on a Big Ben trip. One of the guys didn't have a bike at the time. Called up Ryan, got one. And so, uh, and, and they're premium bikes. Like I said, I mean, you've got my favorite mistress there, the Ducati Diablo, sitting there, and I'm seeing BMWs <laughs> and uh, all different styles of bikes, including the Ducati Scrambler. So everything's going on. What do your clients usually do with these bikes when they're renting them? 
Uh, man, they love to tour around Austin. Um, you know, just go see the sites around town. Some of them will go cruise. Uh, you know, Congress. They'll take you know pick up an R nine T and go cruise around. Go you know get some food and go see the local sites. Uh, others will take a you know twelve hundred GS and go all the way out to the Three Sisters out in Lakey, and uh, you know go, go go do that Three Sisters ride, which is pretty famous here in Texas. So. Uh, it kind of just depends on, on what you are looking to do and, uh, you know, where you want to go specifically. But, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I, I love the idea, too, because, you know, we all dream about, you know, for me, it is the Diablo less. I mean, I know you and I, I don't mean to agree with you all the time, <laughs> but for me, the dream motorcycle right now is the Diablo. And, but I, what would be great about this is I could go rent it and ride it for a day or two or a week and decide, really, is this really the one? Because, you know, you, you when you make a commitment, that's a big deal. And so this would be a great way to, to really test drive it without, you know, without the pressure of having to return it right back to the dealer. You could test drive it for a day or, or a couple of days. Well, get this. So it's not just those. I'm going to, you know, we already mentioned the big names. The KTM 390 is a bike that you don't get the opportunity to get on. And it's just uh, you don't see a lot of them, and so even more so, they're they're held tight. But Lone Star Motor Rentals has one of those. Can you tell us a little bit about that bike? Yeah, yeah. The 390 is a, is a great little versatile, you know, lightweight bike. It's like 43 horsepower, um, but you know, just super easy to maneuver. You know, great handling little uh, little bike. But man, it's a lot of fun to ride. And uh, yeah, like you're saying, it's a, it's a great way for somebody who's maybe looking to buy that bike um, and can't test ride at the dealer or can't go out for a long period of time on that bike. But you can come rent us, you know, rent it from us for a couple of days, and you can really decide if, if that's going to be the motorcycle for you. Um, it's a good idea of how comfortable, you know, how how good the ride is, uh, if the seat's going to hurt you, you know, all of that stuff, the uh, riding position. And uh, it's a really good way to get out and actually get some actual seat time on a motorcycle. Now, the other thing I've seen is you kind of keep your inventory rolling and changing. And so they're all, you know, recent bikes, all different flavors, different styles. You know, imagine if you were coming to town for one of the big bike events, you wanted to, you know, my gosh, there you go. Perfect. Rent that Diablo or even that Scrambler and go ride the Red Snake or ride to MotoGP weekend, even though you flew in and you just rented this instead of a car. Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. You're in. You get free parking at the trap because you're on a Ducati, and you get to roll in with them. There. I've made your plans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and we've got uh, three uh, three Ducatis currently. We have the Diablo, the Hyperstrata, and the Scrambler. So, I mean, yeah, that's a perfect example of what you can do. You know, fly in, you can pick up a Ducati here, you can go on that Red Snake ride, you can go out and park with all the other Ducati guys out at the track, and, you know, really get to experience the Ducati lifestyle without actually maybe having to own one, or maybe you couldn't bring yours with you. Um, so it's a great opportunity for, for somebody who's looking to do that. Well, and certainly, a, I see a few other flavors. There's uh, yeah, in there. There's, there's, there's a few others. That like I said, check it out. LoneStarMotorRentals.com. Well, what other? Um, is there any other any things that come to mind besides? All right, I want to just show up and ride. Do I? Uh, obviously, you got to have a motor like motorcycle license. I see you guys have like to have a little bit of experience. Any other FAQs that, that you can talk about? Um, man, that, you know, that pretty much covers it. Yeah, we like to have a little bit of riding experience, but, uh, you know, just because you've been riding for six months doesn't mean that I won't put you put you on a bike. Um, you know, there's a bike always for, for everybody, just depending on your, you know, how comfortable you are riding. Um you know, it's it's motorcycles are so much fun, and and we can't uh, we can't deny that. Yeah. So uh, you yeah, can't I, deny me from, yeah. from riding, right? <laughs> I can't. I just can't. You know, it's uh, the smile on you know people's faces after they get off uh, get off the bike is just something that you can't you know get anywhere else. Um, it's fantastic. 
So, folks, you know, when it comes around Speed City Ride, when we're going to take the bikes out into the hill country, uh, this is your place to go get one if you don't have one parked in the garage right now. Man, that's you know what? If somebody is coming, like you mentioned, if somebody's coming in for a race for for to for you know to ride their bike out to the track, but what if you're just coming in for any anything at Circuit of the Americas? You're flying into Austin and you've got some time. Imagine taking any one of these bikes out to the hill country. That is a great great vacation add-on if you're coming to Austin. Come you to bet. a race. You bet. Yeah, and I, I would say that's probably our number one client is people flying in. You know, uh, you know, business travelers here to Austin. As Austin continues to grow, people keep flying in, and they want to come check out. You know, all of the West Texas views and and come check out all the the great rides down here. And this is a great way for them to do so. And also, we're only like two miles from the airport, so it makes it really convenient. You know, for people to come pick up a bike from us. Ah, that's great. So, folks, there you go. Another source for two wheel therapy. There, call Ryan over at Lone Star Motor Rentals. Check it out at LoneStarMotorRentals.com and. And uh, Ryan will get you hooked up, pick you up the airport, get you all taken care of. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Ryan, thanks a lot. We appreciate you coming on Speed City, and uh, best of luck. And we're going to yeah, be sure and uh, download the Speed City app, hit the enter button, yep. and enter for a 24-hour rental from Ryan here at Lone Star Motor Rentals. Yep, yep, also, yep that's absolutely correct. All right. Thank, <laughs> thanks, Ryan. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, Ryan is going to be one of the uh, the Mullen Star Motor Rentals is one of the gifts in the gifts for gearheads. Last, you got to get us up to speed on the on oh, the whole man. on the whole contest. Gifts for gearheads is doing awesome, and uh, you know you don't want to miss that. Obviously, we just had Ryan on there. LoneStarMotorRentals.com. You know, definitely check out a lot of the others. Races to you is cool. They're giving away the uh, the high tech slot car racetrack that you definitely got to go check out. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Go test them out. See which one you want when you win that. Ducati Austin is going to slip a secret gift under the tree, so uh, nothing sucks from Ducati Austin. And, and I know we have, but Circuit of the Americas is going to get something under the tree, but they're so I think they're just checked out right now. <laughs> they're recovering from Formula One, is it? Yeah, they're going to get they us are. something as well. So hey, and uh, you know the cool thing is they're debuting a bunch of the new cars out at late European uh, for the Rolls Royce, Aston oh, Martin, yeah. and all that. So. Yep. Uh, one of the things is a special tour, be a special guest out there, see all the cars, and walk away with one of the, uh, the golf shirts from them. So uh, that's going to be fun, too. Artwork, check out the Speed City Facebook page for all the goodies. Yeah, go to speedcitybroadcast.com, and uh, and then, of course, to enter to win, go to the app. You'll find a, a link to the app on the website, or you can find it in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, and click the Enter to Win button and enter your stuff and uh, enter to win some of these prizes. All right, well, now we're going to go out to talk to our favorite German Formula One correspondent and see what she's got to say about this Nico Rosberg Retirement, amazing. Inga Strecka, welcome to Speed City. We appreciate you coming on again. Fantastic season in F1, but boom, the news this week from Nico Rosberg. Did you expect this? Was this a surprise to you as well? Hello, guys. Well, I thought I knew him, but no, I don't. I didn't. <laughs> I would have never expected this. Never, ever. Came as a massive surprise. I get a message from a friend who's in that free press conference saying Nico's retiring. And then the WhatsApp group of the Mercedes media is like exploding questions and, and information. And everybody thought it's a joke. But of course, it wasn't a joke. And uh, that is an amazing step. At the age of 31, FIA President John Todd said, you feel very privileged. 
if you look around the world at the age of 31, you can make the next step into your life. And Nico Rosberg himself said very clearly um, he did not want to sacrifice family, his wife, his daughter, his life anymore for for the tough racing to maybe end up coming fourth. He didn't want that. He wants to win. He is a winner. And that's why he's enjoying savoring the moment and um, stepping back on that best moment. Well, Inga, what's Nico going to do now? You mean Haha, <laughs> what will he do? At 31, you can have everything. You, the world is at your feet. He's the world champion. Sponsors will line up for him to represent them. Mercedes for sure will have some ambassador role for him. That all has to be determined now. But um, most of all, I think he will enjoy family time. He said in his speech in at the FIA press conference, he said... Um, I'm going to be a husband again. My wife will be happy. She has her husband back. And I'm going to be a father, which I think he dearly missed. He said he had no chance to even do some of the nights, even when he was back from racing, because he had to relax. He had to recover and rest and get all his energy together. And I think he's really, really keen on that. Maybe also thinking back from his old childhood. Maybe his dad, Keke, was racing and was not there very much. I don't know that. You know, that's just um, a thought. Um, but you can tell that Nico has really thought through this, and I'm pretty sure that he has also thought about what he is going to do and what he wants to do. And maybe he will surprise us as much with that decision as he has surprised us today. So was this a surprise to Mercedes, do you think? I can just imagine heads exploding here the day after the last race of the season. Of course, Mercedes was surprised. I mean, Toto Wolff was informed on Monday when Nico made the decision. So they've had quite some time to talk about it. They went on Monday together on a flight from Abu Dhabi to Kuala Lumpur after a massive world championship party, flew to Kuala Lumpur to celebrate with their title or their main sponsor, Petronas, at the Twin Towers in Kuala Lumpur. Then they flew to Germany, or Nico flew to Germany, and on Wednesday he was in Wiesbaden, which is like his German hometown, home city, um, and had a special cheese, which is typical for the region, um, with the mayor. And then on Thursday he went again with the team, with Toto Wolf again, to Breckley, the uh, Mercedes factory in England, where they celebrated with the entire team. So he's had a lot of time to talk about that, to talk with them, for them to try maybe even change his mind. But they said they weren't really trying because um, Nicky Lauda as well as Toto Wolf um, agreed that uh, it was pretty clear that Nico Orsberg had made his mind up and that was it. Okay, Inga, who's going to fill the seat in Mercedes? I'm not sure. Um, they have an empty cockpit. People will be knocking at their door, probably have already done. There are rumors in Germany that Sebastian Vettel might actually be tempted to leave Ferrari. He was obviously not very happy there this year with the way it went. So maybe he's interested in leave Italy and come back to Germany. Who knows? Um, of course, we do have Pascal Wehrlein. Lovely guy. Great racer. After all, he is champion. Last year, he won the DTM Championship, the German Touring Car Series. And um, Pascal Wehrlein did very well there with Mercedes. When Nico Rosberg made his decision on Monday that he's going to retire, he told Toto Wolff. Mercedes was testing 
in the first days of this week. And Lewis Hamilton was supposed to be testing. Lewis tested but ended his testing day early. And guess who they put in the car? Pascal Wehrlein. He has tested the Mercedes before a few times this year. Who knows? A young guy next to Lewis Hamilton with the new regulations, the new cars, where it is uncertain if Mercedes is going to be so dominant as they have been this year, might be a great combination. And Lewis Hamilton certainly would be happy about it. All right, Inga, I know we're out of time, but just one last thing. You said that Nico, uh, in your email, you said Nico was getting involved in some charities already? He has already announced that he wants to do something good for the end of his career, and he is donating um, his race suits, gloves, team jackets to United Charity, Europe's biggest charity auction, and 100% of the sale are going to help children in need. One very lucky person could be really happy. Last week, before the Grand Prix, I helped organizing a charity auction for Make-A-Wish Foundation at the Shangri-La Hotel in Abu Dhabi. And one of the items we had was a signed Nico Rosberg 2016 photo. This is really valuable now. So the person who bought it has got something good, valuable, but he's also done something great for the children. So thanks again, Nico Rosberg. Inga Strecka, thank you so much for coming on Speed City. We will talk to you soon. Maybe I'm certain we'll talk to you before the F1 season next year. Have a great one. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, the one thing I do want to say is go not only go check out the uh, the website for all the uh, to win the contest, but all kinds of content we're throwing up there. Uh, we're going to have some uh, some exclusive content coming up this week from uh, that you'll only be able to get on the web or from iTunes. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to Speed City this week. Thanks to Lee Diffie for coming on the show. Thanks to Inga Strecka. We will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.